0: And thanks for the help we get, you get, from Dan Burns, ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Uh, You'll be doing okay if uh, you have any car, truck, van issue, and you want to talk to a... uh, I I can still call you a mechanic, right?
1: You can, yeah. That's what
0: you are. Proud to be. Yes. For a lot of years, too.
1: Self-taught. (laughs) <laughs> well, you grew up in the biz. didn't I grew you? up in the business, yeah, but I'm not. Uh, I've, I've never been to school for it. I'm I'm certified, but I'm self-taught.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you guys have to you and your folks there at Lloyd's have to go through these we levels do, of we do have, to testing. have to be certified. Yes, you know, you know, have, like a doctor,
1: you have, to, you have to be you have to you have to be an ASE mm-hmm. Master Certified Technician to work at Lloyd's Automotive. And so that's what we require. And
0: no if, rookies working at Lloyd's.
1: Well, there are if we, you know, there's those that are working towards that. We have a uh, mentorship program that well, that's we run good. there and, and uh so we train people up and, and help them get to that process or to get to that point where they are master certified but uh but uh yeah. That's, Not that's, only that's, in auto repair, we need more people in the trades. You know, in big the time. trades in general, isn't that yeah. true? And and if only the word would get out what a great job it is and what a great career it is. Yeah. And I just saw in the paper this past week. You know the crisis that is coming into play with uh, with student debt. Oh yeah, it's going to be the next bubble, and uh, that's really scary. Uh, and so don't uh, don't do that. Come come into the trades, especially if you have a little bit of aptitude for it, and and enjoy working with your hands. You should. It's a good it a living. Try. It is a great living.
0: If you have any kind of a vehicle problem, and before you take it into your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, why don't you give Dan a call or send Dan a text? and explain what's going on, and he might be able to diagnose that for you over the radio. All right. Uh, by the way, I should give you the numbers, I guess. 651-989-9226. <laughs> or send a text, 81807. I want to talk a little bit about the snow coming uh, in the forecast and about tires. But I mentioned last week that we'd pick up on a couple of uh, texts that that did not yeah, get a chance. let's do that. All right. Here's a 2009 Expedition. Uh, check suspension light comes on after we hit a bump in the road. Everything else seems fine. Is this a sensor?
1: It probably is a sensor. Uh, check suspension. What they're talking about is on an expedition. I think they have airbag suspension, which means the 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 height of the vehicle and the suspension is controlled with with air pressure, and uh, and oftentimes. And, there, of course, there's sensors on all four wheels to know what level or where the levels are. And uh, if one of those sensors go bad, and oftentimes hitting a bump will rattle one of them. Mm. And, uh, and that's causing that sensor to fail. So good question. You answered your own question. <laughs> Very good.
0: Yeah. Uh, text number, again, is 81807. That's <laughs> easier than a phone call, to uh, Dan. Uh, hi, it says, I have an 06 Escape, 78,000 miles, that started about a year ago vibrating heavily I noticed it only at idle, but not sure if it is continuous. It is much worse in cold weather, but noticeable even in summer. Vibrating is so heavy that I feel it to my core. Uh, RPM stays the same about 2,000. Several mechanics cannot seem to find the problem.
1: Well, um, I would ask the question, is the check engine light on? And I'm going to assume that it's not because they did not say that. They didn't that. say it, yeah. But uh, usually what causes vibration like that is the dampener shaft. It's the, it's the big round thing at the, uh, that comes off of the crankshaft that all the belts and so forth are driven off of. And that is that uh, dampener shaft or the dampener pulley uh, is a balancer. It balances the engine. And so it only goes on to the crankcase in one position. And uh, on, on the um, pulleys, they're mounted on a rubber uh, base. And if that rubber base starts to fall apart, and it does, if it gets oil leaked on it and so forth, it deteriorates. And then the balance uh, is caused to change. Huh. And so then uh, it's like a, <clears throat> like a bicycle wheel or, or a tire going down the road. If it's out of balance, it shakes terribly. And so that's what's happening with the engine, I think. Okay. So, assuming the check engine light's not on. If the check engine light's on, then there's a chance that it's misfiring, and you better get that. Well, in either case, you better either get yeah. it shake. Get it checked, yeah. six
0: five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is 81807. Ted is calling in from Waverly. Let's see what Ted has to say. Morning, Ted.
2: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I love your show, first Thank of you. all. Thank thanks. you. Uh, yeah, I have a question. I have a Dodge Ram 2006. I had a, a problem with a wheel bearing. Uh, my wheel bearing front end went out, and it uh, decided to take out the CV joint, everything else. Okay, so I have everything apart. Now I'm trying to get the CV joint, the axle, out of the transaxle, and it is stuck. It will not move. Now I watched YouTube videos where, okay, yeah, you just pry it, it'll pop right out. Mine doesn't pop right out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or
1: It does, and it can be a big challenge uh, to the point that I'm not sure if you can do it on this car, but on some cars, you can take the other side out and get through the uh, transaxle with a with a uh, you know, a, a, a long rod and, and hammer it out from the other side. But what has happened is when, when you put that uh, drive axle in, there's a snap ring that uh, springs into place. And when you go to take it out, if that snap ring starts to roll over, uh, it's really, really hard to get out. You have to break the snap ring in the process of getting it out. So if you're trying to do this in your garage on the floor, uh, I don't think you can safely do it. There's no safe way to do it. I think you're going to have to take it in and get some help because, uh, you know, the, the process is to get great big pry bars up in there and, you know, a couple of us, maybe three of us prying on it at the same time and maybe somebody hitting it with, a, with a, uh, an impact hammer at the same time and uh, you know we always get them out. Always have gotten them out. Shouldn't say we always will, but we always have gotten them okay. out. Okay. Uh, but it can be a big, hard job. So, and I don't. And like I say, I, you can't safely do that on the uh, on the floor of your garage if that's okay. what you're trying to do. Get some help. Yep.
0: Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. The call. Uh, Bill is calling from Burnsville, I believe. Good morning, Bill.
2: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, My question, and I do love your show, I uh, yeah. make a point of listening. Thank you. You're welcome. And my question is this. My daughter has my 2012 Honda Fit out in upstate New York, and uh, she's doing some college work up there. And, uh, she wanted to get snow tires to stay, stay safe, did so. Did it through kind of a, you know, one of those bulk tire uh, retailers and then drove to Vermont, Vermont for an uh, event, came back. The point is, about 20, 30 miles away from her home, all of a sudden she starts hearing this clankety-clank sound. Turns out the left front uh, coil spring has snapped and is driving so my or excuse me is you know has totally failed. And so my question is this um I can understand that the spring may have broken in advance. I can understand that was the car being hoisted up to do the tires that uh you know like what may have been enough to just uh, cause the spring to you know give way. What I don't understand is um, why the shop didn't see that. And then the second question uh, is, how dangerous is that car to drive? And my last question is, uh, would you replace that with OEM parts or would you go to quick struts?
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what, you go ahead and, uh, i tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, you can answer those three, three questions. Good
1: questions. I right. better write them down. I won't you remember.
0: I will <laughs> we'll, we'll right. have Bill repeat them. But, so hang on, Bill. We're going to take a break. We're up against the clock briefly. We have more. Keep in mind that Dan will be here till 745. So if you have a question, don't wait. Call it in or text it in. It's a Saturday morning. We're talking car care, as we always do, this hour. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, which is located where?
1: Let me turn on my mic. There here you we go. go. There we go. <laughs> Technology. All this high-tech stuff. <laughs> I know. Uh, Lloyd's is located at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul, which, by the way, is hosting Grand Meander today. Uh, ah, today? Great, yeah, a great uh, small business thing to do. Come and meander up Grand Avenue and get, do some of your Christmas shopping. Great so, Avenue. Yeah. But anyway, 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at Lloyd's Automotive, dot LloydsAutomotive.net. Or give us a call today. Jimmy will be there at six five one, two two eight one three one six.
0: Excellent. Uh, Bill uh, in Burnsville was asking about a broken coil spring, and he had about three questions, I believe. How can yeah. you feel those?
1: How did that? How did that happen? And and uh, and what should you do about it? Mm-hmm. And first of all, I think that there's a more than likely chance that that spring was not broken when it uh, uh, when it was on the hoist, mm. or, or at least not noticeably broken um because if it if it was the all, the spring is all, is out of uh place and that's why it's rubbing on the wheel and tire now so uh that would be hard to miss oh. so i i just think it's uh it probably was not broken and it just coincidentally broke right afterwards maybe from raising it on the hoist but not necessarily that either i i just think it's just one of those things so so i don't think anybody necessarily did anything wrong or at least more than likely they did not and uh, no, and and as far as repairing it to replace it with a quick strut would be just fine. Better than replacing just the spring itself because you're also replacing the strut mm. in the process, and it makes it more affordable. And uh, we actually, on a, especially on a, what year was that? A twelve Honda Fit. Well, that's pretty new, uh, so maybe you'd want to think about doing uh, original equipment strut and springs, and probably both sides. But uh, but at any rate. Uh, probably want to do both sides when you do it, and uh, you'd have to make the decision. But we sell a lot of quick struts. I'm you do. very comfortable with that. All
0: right, good. Thank you, Bill, for waiting, too. Kathy is calling from Baldwin with a question. Hi, Kathy. Hi. What can we do for you?
3: So I have a 2009 Chevy Aveo, and I've had it into my regular shop like three times now in the last, let's say, two months. Um, it had a recall that I didn't get where we... Um, we a little oil getting in the spark plugs and the valve cover gasket, and we replaced a couple of solenoids and the deal is is she just randomly there'll be nothing on the gas. She'll run fine, and a lot of times you just take a you start her up, she goes down the road, you go to the store, make a quick trip, go to the store, and then you turn her back on, and there'll be nothing on the gas and then she'll kind of buck and bronk around. And run intermittently um, and the thermostat light comes on on the you know when you do the check, but she blows hot air and whatever, so
1: huh well, I think it uh, I, I think when, when on restarts like that, when you have trouble restarting them and, and they buck and Bronk like you're saying, usually that's because they're flooded a little bit. And so if a fuel injector is dripping or something like that or if the evaporative system is allowing gas to get into it when the car sits uh, parked for a little bit like that, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to have to check on on it running poorly on, on uh, restart. Um, and I forget – oh, the, the thermostat, uh, you're getting a code. Your check engine light comes on and you're getting a code – that is dealing with engine temperature, which would be to replace the thermostat. And you should do that because uh, if the if the engine's not running at proper operating temperature, there's a whole bunch of other things besides the heat that are affected. Uh, I'm sure they, well, while the heat uh, feels like it's warm, it's probably not as warm as it used to be. You've just gotten used to it. No, maybe. Uh, yeah. So uh, you should have that thermostat replaced. And then tell them the story about how it restarts and... Uh, they'll do some inspection on your fuel injectors and, and things and see why it seems to be getting flooded when it sits.
0: All right, there you go, Kathy. There's your advice. Thanks for hanging on. I want to alert Joe and Larry, you'll be next in the phone. I want to grab a real quick text before our bottom-of-the-hour break. Uh, can oil in a stored car break down being exposed to air and cold weather?
1: I've never heard that, but okay. uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if there's – I would not say – Air and cold weather—I would say more moisture. Moisture, moisture, would be moisture the issue, yeah, uh, yeah. That 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 can have an effect. But uh, I've never heard of a of a date, you know, a time problem on motor oil. When people talk about storing their cars for a long time, uh, of course we're going to change oil. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, if it's been ten years, but I've never heard people say that they do anything to prepare for uh, while it's stored. Yeah, for oil. Yep.
0: All right, we need to take a break here. We have more show to come. Call it in, text it in. Our car care show. And welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show around every Saturday in the 7 o'clock hour, answering your car care phone calls or text messages. And, Dan, we have both, but I know we had mentioned uh, on the last show that you were going to head to Colorado and hoped your vehicle started and all of that. <laughs> what happened, by the way?
1: Well, that's true. I, we were going to follow up on yeah. that. For, so for thank you for that. But, uh, yeah, it sat for almost two months uh because I missed a trip in between I usually don't let it sit that long but it fired right up. It, it was, did. Yeah, it started right up the battery. What was the was temperature? And, I mean, was it, well, it was cold and fine? I mean, yeah. it was 50 degrees or something yeah. but uh But, but sitting that's, there that's a long months. time for a yeah. for a vehicle to sit and it's pretty unpredictable whether it would start or not. And, uh luckily that where I parked the people would be glad to help me to get it started oh. if I had to and And I'm trained to jumpstart it, so we (laughs) we would have been fine. But no, it started right (laughs) up, which is really nice. All right. Thanks for asking. Good
0: to hear. Let's go to the phones, then we'll grab some text messages. Joe in Apple Valley has been waiting. Hi, Joe. What's your question? Morning, guys. Morning.
2: Uh, uh, I have a 2012 Chrysler Town & Country, and it has a factory installed remote. And uh, about a month ago, I went to start using it. And now I have to be within five feet of the thing for the auto start to work or any of the doors or anything when, you know, unlock, lock on doors, mm-hmm. but also I changed the batteries on the fobs. That don't seem to do anything. Any ideas?
1: Oh, that's what I was going to say. Change the batteries. Um, you know, the next thing, if, if you change the batteries and you feel good that you got good batteries in there, because that's most likely what it is. Um, the next thing that I would do is uh, disconnect the battery on the vehicle. And leave it disconnected for 10 minutes so everything kind of – all the all the diodes and stuff will, are, will discharge and then hook the battery back up. And that will cause all of those computer systems to reinitialize and see if that doesn't take care of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would try the batteries again because that's uh, – again, I think that's – maybe you got into a bad batch of batteries. Uh, usually – Putting a new battery in in the in the remote will take care of it for you. Mm-hmm. So try that again, and if not, then just dis- disconnect the battery on the car and see if that doesn't help. All
0: right, very good. Good luck, Joe. Larry is calling from uh, Big Lake, I believe. Larry, what is your question for Dan?
2: Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Uh, I've got ninety-seven suburban, uh, two hundred thousand miles. It won't go into four-wheel drive now. Uh, when I push the button for it to go into four-wheel drive, that light flashes and I hear a relay click under the dash, and it sounds like the motor underneath is is trying to move or partially moves, but uh, that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, if you diagnose this yourself, you're exactly right. That those motors uh, underneath fail quite commonly, and so I think what's happened is that motor's gotten weak, and uh, the fact that it has not been in four-wheel drive for a long time that the rod has gotten stiff, and so... The most common repair would be that we would replace that motor, and with a new strong motor, it'll push, the, it'll push that fork over um, so that it will engage in four-wheel drive. So you're, you're on exactly on the right track. Keep going with it with confidence.
0: Very good. Thanks, Larry. Let's get some text messages, Dan, before we run out of time. Here's a 2004 Accord. Idle was fluctuating up and down, but it stopped after a check engine light came on. We'll have the check engine light checked out, but what might it be?
1: Well, I don't know why it changed with the check engine light coming on. Uh, the check engine light coming on has disabled something, and uh, in the process of disabling that, it solved your problem. So, uh, without re or without reading the code to know what the code's about, uh, I can't give you much information as to what the repair will be. But, uh, but when you—that's th- the beautiful thing about this new technology—is that it stores that information and that really helps us when we are trying to chase an intermittent problem. You can retrieve that. Yeah. That's so pretty that'll good. be very helpful for somebody. All
0: right. Very good. Uh, we were, talk, were going to talk about some uh, tires, snow tires, with this uh, snow coming in, and we, we can do more of this next week. But the question is via text, are all, we- uh, all weather tires useful on ice? Do you leave them on the car all year, and are they worth the money?
1: Well, I think they're more talking about snow tires rather than all-weather tires. All-weather tires we'll, we'll use all-year-round, yeah. and yes, they are uh, helpful on snow, and uh, you know they, you can run them all-year-round, and so they're by far the handiest of any tire for this climate that you're going to put on. Uh, but if you want the best traction you're going to get, then you want to put snow tires on, which requires you to change them spring and fall to a, a different set uh, which is kind of a pain. and so, But but if that's what you want, then uh, that's what you would do. If you want the best traction, you would switch to, uh, okay. to winter tires. I
0: want to alert our texters that if we don't get every question answered, Dan will uh, print them out and start their show with them next week. Sounds good. Just to give everybody an e- equal shot here. Here's a text that says an 04 Edge. The backup camera works intermittently. It'll work and then it won't work. No pattern. What's the most likely cause, you think?
1: Well, I, I would guess... A wiring problem between the camera and and the vehicle, and and oftentimes I I don't know where the camera is on that vehicle, but if the camera is in the tailgate and you're opening and closing the tailgate, oh, sometimes yes. those wires in the tailgate itself uh, break, and uh, we oftentimes find that that's the problem.
0: When the weather turned colder, Tuxter says, I noticed that when I start the car, there's a loud whine. It goes away once the car warms up. Any ideas?
1: Well, I'd first, first thing I would check is the power steering fluid. See if mm. the power steering fluid's a little bit low. Uh, any mechanical pump that's that's dri- driven or driving fluid would uh, is affected by temperature. And and uh, when the fluid gets thicker, uh, it'll make it'll make more noise. And if the fluid is low, of course, it uh, it's trying to pump fluid and it has air in it, and it's that's what causes the noise.
0: Mm. Another texter says this, and I think we'll have to take our leave. Uh, I have a 2003 Lincoln Aviator. The transmission warning light comes on, but the transmission seems to be shifting fine with no issues. Could it be just a computer glitch?
1: Well, it, yes, it could be It could be a computer glitch or a solenoid or something. But if that light's on, you should have it checked out and, and make a better determination. It feels like it's shifting fine, but that doesn't mean that it really is, uh, that there could be other things that are that are related to it, sensors, temp sensors, a whole bunch of things uh, that could be, it, it, needs, the, it needs the input that, you're, that the transmission's not receiving. So I would find out what it's about. <clears throat> you don't necessarily have to do anything about it, mm. but I think it's worth uh, figuring out. You don't want to create a bigger problem. Sounds so. good. Dan, how do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net. L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. You can give us a call at 651-228-1316, or you can come on over to 982 Grand.
0: Very good. Great place to be. And what is it called on the, the Grand Avenue? Grand the, Meander is going, the going Grand on Grand Meander. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. I'll see you next week. Sounds good.